Okay, so uh, one one of the um, one of the things that's been coming up lately, um, Nick taught two weeks ago, and I taught last week, and the real issue is um, is division, right? And and what Jesus called us to do is is sustain unity, right? To strive at all costs for unity, and studying the life of Jesus, which I encourage you to do, it's a really good thing to do. You know, um, Jesus is our model. He's our example. Many people think of Jesus as he was just like he was just God, you know. But but th- that's not that's not how he walked on this earth. He walked on this earth as 100% man, 100% God. But he laid down his deity, right, to walk as a man, to experience everything we would experience. So in other words, he's he's our example that says it can be done. You can do it. And not only did he do it, but then he said it, right? And he said, hey, everything you saw me do, you can do, and even greater things. Because that's what the true father does, is the true father sets up his ceiling to be your floor, and he gives you permission to go further and beyond. Old, old father mentality, you know, it's like, all right, well, I started scrubbing toilets, so you're going to start scrubbing dirt, you know? And then you get to scrub the toilets. And, and we've thought that that was okay. We thought that that was right, right? But in, in, in actuality, yeah, that mentality has been just crippling the body of Christ and crippling people from actually going further and beyond in the body of Christ, you know. And um, one of the things that uh, we say here is, is, is exactly that. We want our ceiling to be your floor. You know, we, we really want you to go further. Otherwise, we're operating in an older brother mentality, which in, if you've ever read the story of the prodigal son, you see that uh, the, the son that went you know, into the world and, and went away from the Lord. He came back and, and the father received him, celebrated him, didn't even ask for an explanation, right? But who was mad through all this situation was the older brother. And a lot of times the church is operating in the older brother mentality saying, uh-uh, oh no, I've been here longer than you have. Who do you think you are? Uh-uh, like how come, you know? How? And that's not the heart of the father, right? The heart of the father is like, hey, you've been with me all this time, you know, you have access to the same things. So many times, you know, in the church, we see like ones are pulling others instead of lifting others up. We get jealous over the tasks of other people, right? I, I mean, I, I know it's really hard to relate because it, that doesn't happen here. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't. <laughs> but, um, but we've all seen it. We've all experienced it. And what we're really facing is some, some of the things that I'm going to talk about today is, is just things that bring division, right? The agenda of the enemy is divide, 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 split up, separate. Why? Because we're weaker separated, but we're stronger together, right? As one, we're stronger, right? As one. Do you all remember when we did that with Nick? Oh, yeah, as one, right? Um, because there's power in that unity. There's power when we stick together. There's power when we encourage one another. But there's weakness when we divide, when we criticize, when we judge, when we split up, when we make these distinctions. And, you know, for a long time I've been studying the life of Jesus. And you see how Jesus did things. is completely different than so much of the church mentality that is around there that is, um, is not Jesus-like. I hate religion. You know, and um, and if, if you're bothered by the word hate, I'm sorry. 
that's just, that's just me. I hate religion. And when I say religion, I'm not talking about the church. I'm not talking about Christianity. I'm talking about a, a set of rules that were made by man that have no purpose, right? Man-made rules with no purpose. You know that Ten Commandments is not what we think of as religion. It's, it's all the 600 and something things that were, you know, added, you know, through a couple thousand, through, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years all the way till Jesus came that were just added on by people, by man, right? Traditions of men. And uh, we actually have a, a video going around that causes quite a bit of, uh, I don't know. We get pretty nasty comments, I could say that. You know, there's, there's a video that says, I hate religion, right? And then it goes on to say why I hate religion, you know, because the religion, uh, the religious spirit in itself, you know, it's, it's just driving us towards performance. It's constantly driving us towards what we can do and takes our eyes off of what Jesus did. And so when we're in, in performance and, and we're all this, we're missing Jesus completely. You know, we're focused on, on what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong instead of focusing on him. And so religion in itself, you know, it, it kills the purpose of Jesus, what Jesus came to do. And, and what did Jesus come to do? Well, I could tell you that one of the characteristics of what Jesus did was that everything was different. And people don't like different. People get uncomfortable with different. You know, the Bible says that Jesus came to his own and his own rejected him. Because it was different than when they expected. They expected a military leader that was going to come and just overthrow Rome, right? And, and he was going to come with an army. And that's what they expected the Messiah to be. They never expected Jesus to come like he did. Because he was bringing down a kingdom that is not a kingdom of earth, but it's a, it's a kingdom of heaven. Right? So one of the first things that Jesus says is like, he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And we know that repent means to change the way we think, right? I mean, the, the essence of repentance, whether you're bawling at the altar on your knees or you're just like quiet without any expression, repentance is what's happening in your mind and what's happening in your heart that is saying it's different. It's not how I thought it was, you know, I... I have to change the way I, I thought before because it's, there's a better way. And so that's repentance, right? And so Jesus comes and he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. It's here now. It's close by. It's attainable. It's at hand. And I was thinking, that's interesting because that means that you couldn't repent before because there was nothing to repent to. It was just the law. It was just the old traditions of men that were there. There was nothing new. But the Bible says in John 1.17 that Jesus came, right? And he, he brought, by him came grace and truth. Right? It says that Moses had established the law. He, through Moses came the law, but through Jesus came truth and grace. And then Jesus is saying, right, repent. Okay, now there is something to repent to because most people only know to repent from something. I did something bad. I did something bad. I saw something I shouldn't have seen. I did something. I'm dirty. You know, like, and like they know what to repent from, but, but a lot of times people don't realize 
that it's more important what, what you're repenting to. Which is a call to a higher place, which is what Jesus did. If you think about this, Jesus came, right? And it's not that he said the law is bad, but he actually came and, and established a higher standard. And most people don't realize that. Most people think like, it, it looked like Jesus was actually watering it down. No, he wasn't watering it down. He was actually setting up a higher standard. But he also set us up in a way to do it because he brought grace and truth. He is truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. So he brought promises. He brought a word to live by. But he also brought grace, which is what empowers us to live a righteous life. So Jesus set up a, a new model for us that hadn't been seen before. See, Jesus didn't come to show us what God could do. He came to show us what you and me, filled with the Holy Spirit and completely submitted to God, can do. See? And so, with that, you know, I, um, I'm passionate about this. So I'm not even anywhere on, the, on, on this page. But that's why I hate religion. Because religion, and, and speaking of those terms, because I, I'm telling you, some of the comments on these videos are like, Heretic, you know, why do you, how do you hate religion? You know, religion is pure and da, da, da. And I'm like, okay, that's not what I'm talking about, right? But, but, but most people know what I'm referring to because when you've been exposed to religion, right, you realize what you need is a relationship with Jesus Christ, the person, right? A relationship with the Father, with the Holy Spirit, right? You don't need a set of rules. You know, and the, and the thing with religion is religion is very successful, I thought about it many times, believe me. Oh my God, it'd be so much easier if we just like went the religious way. <laughs> you know why? Because a lot of people rather have somebody tell them what to do and control them and tell them, check, 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 you're good. You're bad here, change that, and then you'll be good. So a lot of people rather be given a, a, a checklist of things like do this and do that, right? But when you do that, you have a relationship with a set of rules, not with Jesus. And we've been called to have a relationship and to walk with him. You know, I, I grew up in the Baptist church, and I love those people. are amazing. Um, you only know what you know. But then when you meet the Holy Spirit, you realize, wow, there's a whole lot I didn't know. And I just can't go back now. Right? And so that, that's what happens when you have an encounter with God. That's what happened to Saul. Saul had an encounter with, with Jesus himself, right? And he could not go back to what, what had built him up for years. Like who he was and everything had been built for years, right? He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He knew the law. He was zealous about it, right? But he had one encounter with Jesus, and he was never the same again. And that's what happens when you have an encounter with Jesus. When you've tasted and seen how good God is, you just can't go back on that. So when people have been exposed to religion and then they taste the goodness of God and like, oh, this is what actually is to have a relationship with Jesus, with God Almighty. You just, you can't go back to the works of the flesh. You can't go back to performance. You can't, you can't go back to just like, it's really hard. 
You know, and the thing about uh, having a relationship with God is that he gives us freedom. Religion doesn't give you freedom. Religion wants to control you. Religion wants to tell you, no, you're supposed to dress this way. You're supposed to look this way. You're supposed to talk this way. And if you don't do it by your second visit to church, then you're probably going to hell and you're helpless. Religion has very little hope. So when people have been exposed to religion and then they taste relationship, a lot of times it's, it's a hard transition too because you don't know what to do with so much freedom you've never had. You've never had to make some of these decisions by yourself. Wait, I was told if I didn't tithe, God was going to curse me. Well, yeah, I mean, it works good. It keeps people tithing. And tithing is a good thing. And you should do it, but not because somebody tells you tithe or you'll be cursed. You should do it because you believe it's God's word. You believe it's a way to trust God and put him first in your life and follow his principles so he can bless you abundantly and how he wants you to do it. But, but if, if you believe like God's going to curse you for not doing it, then it's like you started all wrong already. And, and everything else is like that, right? Why do I do the things that I do? Because a lot, of, a lot of these things look the same on the outside, but the motivation is completely different. And so, I don't like religion, you know? I, um, I don't like uh, to do a lot of rules. When we go on these retreats, we tell the kids, you know, there's, there's, only, there's only one rule. Just follow this. You know, when it's time for worship, we worship. When it's time for the word, it's time for the word. Outside of that, have fun. You know? Some of you are like, oh, I don't think I should let my kid go anymore. <laughs> but it's not like we give them the booklet, right? We, we father them. Somebody is just like doing something they shouldn't be doing. What do we do? Well, we come and we talk to them. Like, hey, you know, that's not respectful. Hey, you know what? That's probably not making that person feel very good, you know, or very loved right now. Right, and the problem is religion wants to just make a box and say everybody has to fit here, right? All Everybody needs to do this and don't do that. And the problem when you start controlling is there's no end to it. There's no end to it. So what you end up doing is adding not 600, but like 600,000 other rules. Right? There's no end. That's why I love a country where we have freedom to choose. Because if there's no more freedom to choose, then there's no end to the control. Like today is this, tomorrow will be something else, and next month will be something else. Right? Because when you start controlling it, it, it just never ends. Because we weren't created to be controlled and to control other people. We were given a spirit of power, love, and self-control. Right? The only one you've been empowered to control is yourself. And most people can't. <laughs> can't tell yourself to wake up on time to go to church. Just kidding. Just kidding. It's like, I shouldn't have said that one. Like, everybody's here, right? You're all here, so you all came. That's great. That's great. That's great. 
That's probably if you're watching online. Sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> joking. Just joking. <laughs> Say no to bunny trails. No to bunny trails. <laughs> so where are we going with this? Is uh, Religion is dangerous. Let me tell you something. Jesus fought re- religious people more than demons. Jesus fought more the Pharisees and the Sadducees than he did the devil. Like the devil was out with one blow. Demons came out when he walked in. The ones that stuck around and were a thorn in the flesh was the same ones that were for Paul. It was the religious people. So who should we be more... Scared of? Well, we shouldn't be scared of them, but, you know, let me tell you, it's a little more dangerous to have religion in you than to have, you know, a demon running around because you just find it and you go, you take your authority and he's, he's done. He's over. He can't stay, you know. The devil has no authority over your life. You know, God has given us all promises. He's put the enemy under our feet. Like, we don't need to be scared of the devil. Religious people scare me more. And let me tell you something. I'm not preaching against order. I love order. You know, order is good. Order is from God. You know, because sometimes people just go, oh, great. You know, let me stand up right now. I have something to say. (laughs) You know, (laughs) we've all been there. (laughs) We've all seen that. It's, 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 It's not. Don't misunderstand, right? We like order. God likes order. But the religious spirit is just... It's dangerous. It goes further, and, it, and it's looking to divide, okay? And I'm going to show you why it's looking to divide and how it divides. And today is really just part one because if, um, if I wanted to teach everything about this that, that God has put in my heart, we'd probably be here till Jerry Garcia gets here tonight. So I want you guys to come back tonight. It's going to be amazing. How many of you were here last year for Jerry Garcia? Man, you know, I just saw him this morning. He was, going, he was on his way to our friend, uh, Freddie. Uh, to his church, and uh, he's such a loving guy, such a humble, humble guy, you know, I, he, um, he preaches, um, he's friends with Andrew Womack, and Andrew Womack, and he preaches at his minister's conference, and the first time I saw a video of him, I'm like, like, this man carries revival, right, and we connected, because we know the same people in Mexico, he lives in Mexico, and, um, and uh, anyways, you don't want to miss Jerry Garcia at 6 p.m. tonight here. He's an evangelist, but he's also a pastor, and he, he does miracle crusades, so we see a lot of healings and miracles. But the joy of the Lord that is just, like, pouring out of this man's life is just, you know, it's amazing. So if you don't like laughing, don't come, though. I do, no, don't say I didn't warn you. I love to laugh. I love to laugh. I laugh I probably at very inappropriate times, too. You know? Um, but I'd rather err on that side. <laughs> Ask forgiveness later. <clears throat> Let's read uh, Galatians 2.21. You know, so truth and grace came through Jesus Christ. So he brought that in his person. And Galatians 2.21 says... I do not set aside the grace of God, or I do not frustrate the grace of God. 
For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing, right? So it's talking about the cross. The reason Jesus died, right, was to finish a work and to bring to us a, a gospel of, of grace, of good news. Like Jesus himself was grace. I mean, you study the life of Jesus, you, you, you see how he walked, and it was grace walking around, right? Imparting that to people, setting people free. So it says, you know, I don't frustrate the grace of God. I don't treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. And what does that mean? It means if keeping all the rules, right? If being perfect could have made us right with God, then there was no point in Jesus dying. So it's showing us that it is impossible for any human to ever be right in the sight of God apart from Jesus. It's impossible to be right with God by our own works, by our own performance, by our own right doing. It's impossible. And if you think it is, and it's telling you you're frustrating God's grace, and for you there was no, no need for Jesus to die. See, and what does it say here is that this is... It's grace that makes us right with God. It's faith in Jesus that makes us right with God. And what the religious spirit does is that it tries to be right on its own. So it puts the cross away. It ignores the finished work of Jesus, right? And it says, I can be right on my own. I'm trying Maybe I'm not there yet, but I'm better than you. See? So if we're apart from Jesus, then our righteousness is determined by our own works. And that will never, ever be enough to make us right with God. And it will throw us into this horrible lifestyle of always comparing ourselves to others. Always criticizing, judging, and putting others down. You know, the, the, the Pharisees... Uh, the word Pharisee uh, means uh, they were like the different ones, the set apart ones. And the Sadducees meant um, right ones, the right ones. Imagine if we start a new denomination called the right ones. Where do you go to church? To the right church with the right family and the right people. And to belong there... Man, mm -mm. no, you're never going to get in there with those shoes. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is the devil is so deceptive. Like he knows that the best way to destroy something is from the inside. Right. So that's why the religious spirit is so demonic. Because it gets into the church and it makes you think that, you know, there's different grades of believers and Christians and there's different levels of people you know some are more holy than others some are more worthy than others some are more loved than others and it starts making these divisions right it's division is all over i mean their name was the right ones we're the ones that are right and to belong to that group you, you probably had to do a lot of stuff right and behave and speak like them and believe like them, then you can belong. 
You know what Jesus was? Completely different, completely the opposite. He's like, you belong, then you believe, and then you'll behave. And that's what church is supposed to be like. You belong because you've said yes to Jesus. That's it. The disciples belong because they said, yes, I'll follow you. You belong. And when you belong, you're actually empowered to believe different. And when you change the way you believe, then you actually start acting differently. See, but religion is backwards. Religion is like, nope. You act it first. You recite it. Tell us everything that you believe. And then you can belong. So, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him, say with me, in him, okay, only in him, we can belong, we can become the righteousness of God. So how are we made right? Just in Jesus, just by faith. That's the only way we can be right. You know, and religion comes to separate and to say, I'm right, you're wrong. Right? Like that's, we were in, uh, we, we did uh, Bob and Audrey's marriage um, virtual conference yesterday. It was amazing. You know, there's at least three couples here and us that, that were part of that. And, um, you know, and, and one of the big issues in marriage, one of the big dividers is the same type of spirit, which is, you know, one that is more concerned in being right, that cares more about being right than the person. I care more about being right then I care about you. You, your feelings, how you feel, and none of that matters. I'm right, you're wrong. Right? And that's a big problem in marriage. But it's also a big problem in just everywhere, right? In the church. Because what, it, what does it do? Does it unite? Does it make us stronger? Does it build love? Does, do you feel loved when? No. No, it brings division. You're like, well, pastor, but I mean, there is a wrong doctrine, right? There is a wrong theology, right? Well, sure, but that should never be the number one issue. We could agree to disagree. I mean, eventually, if you don't believe Jesus is the Son of God, you just, I mean, where can you go? Like, that is, that's our foundation, right? He was God. He became man. He was born of a virgin, lived a righteous life, knew no sin, died on the cross, resurrected on the third day, and ascended to heaven. Like, that's the foundation of our faith. I don't care if you think the rapture already happened. I don't care. Like, great. Tell me your theology. I'll listen to it. I don't care if you don't think there's going to be a rapture. And now we're messing with you, right? <laughs> Listen, my point is, there is and will always be mystery with God, whether we like it or not. And religion says you have to know everything and every answer. Otherwise, there's something wrong with you. You're not mature enough. You're not spiritually strong enough to answer all these questions. Therefore, then 
you're a lower grade believer. <laughs> what? You've only been here for five minutes. Who do you think you are? It's like, if you ask God, you'd be surprised. They're right next to you. Same level. The blood of Jesus made everybody at the same level. His grace covered all of us. We all needed all of his blood. We all needed the blood of Jesus. I didn't need less blood of Jesus than someone who has lived a life of crimes and, and spent time in prison and done drug, drugs and all that stuff. Like, you know, like it's the same. Is this helping you? See, the religious spirit just wants to bring division and say, I'm right, you're wrong. I'm right, you're wrong. Here, here I'm right. Here, you're missing it. Here, you're right. All of you are right. You know, you're wrong. Here. Like, it's just division. But the only place where we find ourselves being right is in our faith in Jesus. That's it. You know, we think that, I used to think, I used to think, hey, I'm not in the Baptist church anymore. I'm not religious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm a wild Christian now, you know. I go to a church that has a drum set. And if you'd seen me then and if you see me now, you'd be like, well, now I've lost it. I wear tennis shoes to church. And sometimes, you know, I, me and Dan, you know, we used to wear a three-piece suit ties to every single crusade. And it was not optional. It was not optional. And I thought I wasn't religious, you know. And I'm not religious because of how I dress or how I don't dress. You know, the, the, the religious spirit comes in when, when we agree with the illusion that anything that I do makes me more right. Amen. Good. <laughs> it's an illusion, right? It's an illusion that because I do this this way, I'm not religious. I've been set free from suits. I'm not religious anymore. It's another illusion. Because it has nothing to do with what I do or don't do. And it has everything to do with, with my heart, my relationship with Jesus. And knowing that the only way I am righteous is by my faith in Jesus. That's it. Nothing else. And you have to trust that if you believe in Jesus and you love him and you, you spend time with him and you read the word, that he will wash you, that he will lead you to repentance, that he will change your ways and will, and will teach you his ways. And, that, and you have to believe and trust that if you're sitting there and you're hearing some guest speaker that's just saying some things that are just completely off the wall, not in the word of God, that the Holy Spirit is going to tell you, hey, that part you can dismiss it. But everything else is good about this person. You know, like we have to trust the Holy Spirit more than we're afraid of a deceptive spirit. I mean, how weak are we if we're more afraid that we'll be deceived than we trust the Holy Spirit that he'll lead us to all truth? Because there is no way for the fivefold ministry to operate in the church unless we unless we lean into the Holy Spirit to lead us, right? 
unless we allow him to teach us all things. You know, and when we get into this religious spirit, if I'm right or you're wrong, you also walk into political stuff, right? Oh, can't be seen with that person. Can't be seen with that person. You got to put distance with him because he said this. He said that, right? And what does that cause again? More division. You know, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, all the division that happens in the body of Christ. And, and then whenever I, I mean, I hear like ministers just, publicly on Facebook saying stuff about other ministers, you go, ay, ay, ay. That's not okay. And so I thought I wasn't religious, you know, and, <laughs> and then you're exposed to a wild evangelist or some crazy prophet and it shakes something up in you and you go, Whoa, that's different. And you know how you know it's getting shaken up? Because different bothers you. You know who, who was bothering the Pharisees and the Sadducees all day long? The religious people? Jesus. Because he was different. It's like, what? Are you kidding me? I can't heal people on the Sabbath? Are you serious? Okay, let me, no. Sabbath is my new healing day. Like, seriously, you, you read through the Gospels. I almost read through the whole Gospels this week. And, and you're like, wow, he really liked pick, healing people on Sabbath. I'm, I'm sure he healed on all the other days, too. You know, but on the Sabbath, it was like, it was always like, by the way, it was on the Sabbath, he healed this person. And on the Sabbath, he healed this person. I'm like, wow, Jesus, you like me. You like to break the rules. This is awesome. You know, I am not of the devil. Thank you, God. But he's a man-made rules with no purpose, right? He's like, is it okay to do good on the Sabbath or evil? I'm like, wait, did he actually say it's evil to not do good when you can do good? Because that's what he said, right? And so I just love Jesus. He's just like, I heard Bill Johnson say this a long time ago, and it took me a long time to understand it. He said, Jesus is perfect theology. And I was like, what? What does that mean? And, and I understand that what he means is like, if Jesus did it, he's given us permission to do it too. Because a lot of what happened with the religious people is that they would come to him and be like, hey, the law says this. As if Jesus was breaking the law. The law says this and the law says that and you shouldn't do this. And how is it that your disciples are, you know, doing this? And why are you eating with sinners? And why are you getting contaminated? And why, you, like, all these laws, right? And, and I realized, like, Jesus' perfect theology because if he did it, then he's giving me permission to do it, even if the law said not to do it. It's what separates religion from walking with Jesus. His disciples walked with Jesus. We're called to walk with Jesus. So if he did it, you can do it too. I mean, think about it. People get all bothered by different. We like it just to be the same. We just like it to be comfortable, right? We like this one speaker or two speakers and that's it. We like this one type of music and that just that's it. We like just like... We, we don't like it when it gets different, right? But that's what Jesus did. I wonder what we would have thought and what we would have felt if Jesus was walking around and we were the disciples. He was just looking at him like, 
I've been to church my whole life, and this guy is like breaking every rule. But he is so powerful, and he's so loving, and he looks so happy. You know, I tell people, don't go to church where, where people aren't, aren't happy, you know, where people don't laugh, where people don't smile. Like, that's just a bad sign right there. <laughs> right? If you feel like the odd one out because you're laughing... Probably not the right place. Jesus is amazing. He did everything different. Like, I'm going to tell you one more thing, and with this I'm going to close, and we're just going to wait for next week to keep going, and how to identify, if we have religion in us, that's what I want to know. Do I have, I don't want you to be pointing people and be like, oh, he's religious, you know, like, no, no, that's not what this is about. It's about you because I, I've been seeing stuff in me. I, sometimes things happen and I'll go, okay, is, is that uncomfortable because it's not true, because it's the devil, or is it uncomfortable because it's shaking up some religious belief that I had inside of me? And I have to ask the Holy Spirit, okay, show me. You tell me, you know. Am I just really tight up in that area, right? And most of the times I am. Most of the times it's like, yeah, you know, that's truth, you know. It's in the Word. Jesus did different things. And listen, I am not inviting weirdness into the church. That's not what I'm saying, right? Because <laughs> it could get really weird. But that's not what we're inviting. What we want to make sure is this religion isn't contaminating our heart. So... I forgot what was I, what was I going to say. I was going to finish with this one thing. One more thing. I say that a lot, right? We don't want to. We don't want to be catching pe other people's religion. We want to just, you know, this is for us, right? This is for us because the more religion we have, the the less we're walking with Jesus. You know, the more we're hanging on to that. So different is okay. Jesus. He, I was studying all the miracles that Jesus did, right? Just like going through an account of all of them. And, and you realize he didn't always do the same miracle the same way. Like he healed some people one way, some people another way. Like he changes it up. Yeah, a lot of them was laying hands. A lot of them touched him. You know, he said different things. Because let me tell you, when, <laughs> uh, when you're like in a ministry like me and Dan were, like you study miracles a lot. Because it was, that's what we did, miracle crusades, right? So you start studying, and then sometimes you find yourself trying to find a formula. And that's a problem. Because I'm like, okay, well, I think nine out of ten times if I say be healed, it should work. And you're wrong. Because whenever you're looking for a formula, you're taking your eyes off of Jesus, right? Because when the disciples were following him, right, like, maybe they were taking guesses, but he always surprised them. It was always something different. Like, he once healed the blind man by touching him, but then another time he healed the blind man by spitting on the ground, making mud, and rubbing it on his eyes. Now, who wants a ministry this morning? <laughs> like, like, do you understand how weird that is? 
So if I have an evangelist here and she goes, all right, let's go like this. Wah! Everybody go, wah! You know, like, if you've studied Jesus, you know that's not that weird. <laughs> right? I'm like, thankful there's no mud involved. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, if weird scares us or different scares us, then we, we haven't really gotten to know Jesus very well because he was all of that. He was different. He did some weird things. Like, I mean, one time he did a wet willy on a guy, you know, <laughs> stuck his fingers in his ears for him to get healed, and he grabbed his tongue. Like, let me tell you something. I, Jesus could not be here right now because he'd be breaking every social distancing, every rule. Like, he would be, like, in trouble. And I just, you know, I think, like, wow. You know why he does things different like that? Not so that you go, okay, so let me think. How's this, how's this pattern? Five times touch, one time spit. Okay, that should get everybody healed if I follow that pattern. No. You know why? He did it different so that you would never stop walking with him. So that you would never stop leaving him out of the fun. Right? So that you would know that he wants to tell you every time, like, okay, yeah, you know, we're going to. Lay hands on this person. Oh, no, this person, you know what? You need to tell this person they need to forgive because that's, that's where their sickness is coming from, you know? Oh, right here, this one's going to be different, and you need to make them run around this place, you know? <laughs> you go, what? It's not a formula. You know, when you're walking with God, when you're walking with Jesus, he's, he's the one that's going to tell you. So, so whenever we find ourselves creating formulas to understand God, we've missed it because he's not a God to be contained in human understanding. I told you guys this, and, and, and I don't, I'm sorry if it bothers you, but the Bible doesn't contain God. It reveals God. Like, God is way, way bigger than the Bible. He reveals His character, who He is, and His will through this. And when you meditate on this, this word becomes alive and shows you even more. Right? There will always be mystery with God. And if there is no more mystery with God, then you have a different God. Because God is so big and so powerful and so infinite, you just, you can't understand it. You know, I, religion gives you the illusion that if you know this, you know it all. You've arrived. You are a Pharisee or a Sadducee. You are right because you know all this. That's an illusion. Because truth is, the more you keep reading this book and the more you keep walking with God, the, the more you realize how much bigger he is than you thought, and the more you realize you know nothing. And you know what that does? It keeps you in a humble place. Because whenever you think you've arrived, it puts you in a high, arrogant place, right? No, I got it. And that's where the Sadducees and the Pharisees were. You know, they were in a place of like, I know it, I got it, you don't. And what that did brought division and judgment and condemnation and shame I mean, they were divided among themselves. Pharisees and Sadducees were op opposing groups. And they both operated on the same type of spirit. And that's why we see so much religions and multiple denominations and this and this and that. It's like, oh, yeah. We, why? Because people seeking to be right and have it all together and have an ironclad theology that says, yep, if this is your theology, you're right. You got it all. Sorry, you're missing it. You can't get there. You know, in 1 Corinthians 13, it tells us that in part we know, and it's only when we see him face to face that we will fully know. 
and there's always mystery. You know, the more, like, I, I make this joke with my wife because she, she won't tell you because she doesn't like it, but she has a doctor's degree in theology. And I would, like, be like, okay, honey, you have all the answers. Tell me, right? You know, you're a book writer and you're a doctor. And, and, she, and she tells me, she's like, you know what? It's, it's true. The more I know, the more I study, the more I realize I know nothing. And what does that mean? It's not that I don't know anything. It's just that you realize how big God is and how religion tries to put it in a box. It doesn't work. And it will lead you to frustration. <laughs> so, anyways, we're going to study the life of Jesus in the next coming weeks. And we're going to see more of how beautiful his grace is and what he does. And, um, and how to identify, you know, when there's religion in us. Again, it's not to be pointing it to others. It's not to be hard on us, but it's to identify, be like, okay, that's a religious belief that, you know, that is something I learned a long time ago. That is not God. That is stealing from my freedom. That is stealing, you know, from this. That is actually causing division, you know. It'll cause division in your marriage and in your family when your goal is to be right, right? If your goal is to be right, then... That's fine. You're right. And you will lose a friendship. You'll lose a relationship. You'll lose a church. But if your goal is to protect relationship, which is what Jesus did. Amen. Father, I thank you so much for this word. And I thank you for everybody in this place, God. And I just ask you to um, let all the truth just remain in our heart. I pray that to everybody, this message would just be translated through your spirit and that the things that we need to learn, the things that we need to grasp and, and stay with us would stay with us. Any confusion, we wash it away in the blood of Jesus. And Father, anything I say that is, is not of you, Lord, it'd be washed away in the blood of Jesus. And I thank you. I thank you, Jesus, that we can encounter you and we can hear straight from you. In Jesus' name. Amen.